welcome to Ringside Chaos, the professional wrestling discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. The only professional wrestling podcast in the world where pro wrestling is discussed passionately, with confidence, with great knowledge, and most of all, in the most sophisticated way. So brace yourselves, ladies and gentlemen, because chaos is about to be unleashed. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Ringside Chaos, the professional wrestling discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast and Paint Train Pipe Bomb Production. I am Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. the Bear of Texas, and it's my honor and privilege to welcome back David freaking LaFon. David, what's doing, brother? Nothing much, man. Just uh, relaxing, enjoying a cold one after another uh, wild, crazy night of uh, all elite wrestling. You know, and this episode, to be honest, was unplanned because earlier today I previewed Crown Jewel because another listener who's been with me for so long, you know, asked if he could have the role of previewing the show. So I said, okay, sure. And because Crown Jewel's on Saturday. So this episode was unplanned, but based on what I saw happen on all, all elite wrestling t- episode of dynamite tonight, I was like, yeah, you know what? This is the opportunity for me and David to make yet another impact. So here we are, my friend. It's funny that uh, you use the word impact because the, First biggest surprise of the night was the, you know, original founder, owner, creator of what we now know as Impact Wrestling, Double J, that's J-E, double F, J-A, double R-E, <laughs> double G, Jeff Jarrett. Uh, Jeff and freaking Jarrett. Here in 2022, who gives a shit? Um, <laughs> dude, I well, mean... See, a lot of fans have said that because, they, I mean, look, Jeff Jarrett as a wrestler says one story, but everybody likes to bring up the fact that him as a promoter and everything like that. I mean, look, for me, it, it just goes to show, look, I get it. Jeff Jarrett has had so many bumps in his career as a promoter, owner, whatever. But at the same time, you know, I refuse to take anything away from Mr. Jeff Jarrett, but you know, I, I get it, but. No, I mean, and this isn't even talking about him as a promoter, just strictly as, is he someone that people are going to tune in, tune in to see? And the answer is no. Yeah. Um, you know, I he great in-ring worker, but, you know, even, you know, 20, 25 years ago, I, I found him boring. Um, you have a great match between Darby and Jay, and I get, you know, the, you know, uh, Jeff and Jay were partners at the Ricks Flair's last match thing, and, Really great. You know, that was actually a really great build to a story. But to have the first Cole Carter come out, you know, dressed up as Sting, he takes his mask off and nobody cared. I mean, it was quiet as church in there. And then we get, you know, the second reveal or second swerve to be Jeff Jarrett. And I don't want to see another, you know, 55-year-old dude on TV. I mean, I want to see someone who's exciting. I want to see someone who's like, holy shit, I can't believe they got him. To me, Jeff Jarrett is just, just does not move the needle whatsoever. Um, he doesn't make me want to watch. I just, I, I could care less about Jeff Jarrett being in all elite wrestling. <laughs> I mean, for me, I think the little, the, the little nostalgia is, you know, he did something that he, you know, he was known to do. I mean, we saw him do it back in the Attitude Era. Is he smashed a guitar on on the on Darby Allen's head? Did cut a 
you know, st- you know, he can still cut a promo, obviously, and you know, like that. And now, even though Tony Khan, I, I mean, he I haven't seen it yet. He hasn't sent out a tweet, you know, and officially announcing that Jeff Jarrett is all elite. But let's be honest, based on the promo, it's clearly obvious that Jeff Jarrett's gonna be here for a t- for a bit. I mean. And that promo, you know, mentions the family's history in the wrestling business. You know, his father, his uh, grand, his uh, grandmother, everything like that, and like that. And of course, how he says at the end, you know, the full body bags. I mean, these promos tell a story, so it's clearly obvious that Jeff Jarrett is gonna stick around. And you know, I think wow. you know, as far as Jarrett goes, I, I think the the impact is that you know he's been in appeared in WCW, WWE, you know, TNA, which is now Impact Wrestling. The AWA, all the all uh, the American Wrestling Association, Verongania's promotion back in the day, you know the you know Jim Crockett promotions. I mean, the dude's been everywhere. He in Japan, Mexico, you know GCW, everything. Yeah, I mean he he's been around everywhere. Um, he but that's the thing, he's been around forever. Um, I mean he just did, and it looks like Tony Kwan, Tony Tony Kwan, Tony Khan did tweet it. He is official. I guess he's their new director of business development. Oh, Tony Khan, Tony Khan released that? Yeah, about 15 minutes ago on Twitter. Oh, here it is, yep. <laughs> so perfect timing. I mean, well, <laughs> look at that. Yep, the direct, AEW Director of Business Development. Well, here we are, the show announcing it. So, David, my friend, you take a bow, my friend. You've made the official announcement here on Ringside Chaos, and I am so thankful for that, my friend. I, I am honored. It's. I think it's my, my first time doing that, and, man, it would be great if it was someone other than <laughs> Jim Jarrett. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i, I mean, just I, I can't do it man like the you know aw was supposed to be new and they were going to start you know new talent you know new new you know people that that we haven't gotten to see or any talents and they've done for the most part a pretty good job with that but it's starting to feel like impact 2.0 man it's a, a stand, impact 2.0 Jarrett, Jay Lethal, <laughs> Sanjay Dutt, i mean you can't well, throw the stone, or and then you have you know the other side of of what Impact was, which is all the ex WWE guys. I mean, what are they going to do next? Bring in Ric Flair, and then have him do another woo off with Jay Lethal? Oh God! As long as they don't <laughs> try to do Ric Flair's last match again. But oh. I mean, would you would you be surprised at this point? I mean, if he's going to be, if this was like a one time thing, he smashes the guitar over Darby, and then he goes and does back office stuff. That's awesome, you know. Backstage stuff like that, you know, he's he's got a great mind for the business. But but he is not someone I want to see on my TV. He is not someone that you know I'm going to be like, man, I am excited to watch Double J next week because I'm I'm not. Um, it just it's for me it completely fell flat and it's just like WWE rip off Impact. Just it it's not what I watch AEW for. I mean, I, I guess also uh, an interesting fact to point out that this is Jeff Jarrett's first appear- televised wrestling appearance on TBS since the since the final episode of WCW Thunder, which was uh, back in 2001, when I think he uh, he teamed up with Scott Steiner and he, he defeated Dustin Rhodes. So say, weren't they in the um, like quasi new weird um, NW like NWO 2000 or something? It was like Jeff Jarrett, Scott Steiner, Bret Hart, and the Harris Twins or something. I think so. I mean, remember, remember back then, and I, I don't mean I don't mean to make you feel but back then. I was, you know, I was just you know an eight year old oh, wrestling old. fan. I know I'm old. I know I'm old. Yeah, 
That's why yeah, I'm tired. That, that's why I'm tired of seeing Jeff Jarrett on my TV. I've been watching him for years. Well, there you go. You're that. That's why you. What you say? You're tired of seeing Jeff Jarrett. It is justifiably solidified. And again, this is no disrespect to Jeff Jarrett. I mean, for me, it's different because you know when I was a kid, seeing him cut those promos. You know, he used to wear a shirt that said, "I think." Well, one of them, I think, said, "Don't piss me off," or like like that. So, slap cuts was great. And yeah. like I said, when they did the, you know, Ric Flair's last match, you know, the build up to Andrade and Ric Flair against Jay and Double J. I mean, if you watch those videos on YouTube, that was some of the best build up I've seen in wrestling ever. I mean, it was yeah, phenomenal. No doubt about it. Yeah. Um, it was phenomenal. The, the match, the, that's a whole other story. But the, the whole thing is, I just, I, I don't. Jeff Jarrett in a wrestling ring doesn't excite me. You're basically, you're no longer invested in it, basically. No, I'm not. It's like, and, it's been there, it's been there, done that, got the t-shirt. There's nothing new that can come out of it. I mean, it's basically something like we've seen this before. Why do we have to see it again, right? Right. And, you know, honestly, and it, and it pisses me off, too, because I see this constantly happen with guys who, you know, the pillars of AEW. But Darby has been red hot for his entire run. I mean, the people love him. And he just keeps getting put in these feuds that, in my opinion, do absolutely nothing for him. This dude should be challenging for, I mean, I can see him challenging for the TNT Championship, the ROH Pure Championship. Hell, I can see him challenging for the ROH World. I don't need to see him in a feud with Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, Satnam Singh, whoever the hell Cole Carter is, and Jeff fucking Jarrett. I mean, you're absolutely right. You know, personally, I would love to see. I would love to see Darby Allen actually be in the Ring of Honor title picture in the future. I think, and, and honestly, I mean, the fans, you know, love seeing Sting. You know, I mean, Sting, Sting, Sting is still out there putting up. You know, still doing great. I mean, apparently, Sting I don't is know how on a feel different level Sting. than Jeff Jarrett. Man, I, I consider Sting and Jeff Jarrett to be to be on two completely different levels. Yeah. Okay, and I'm glad you clarified that. But you're not you're not wrong about, about you know about um, Darby Allen, you know. So, but you know we'll see how we'll see how things go. You know, I'll definitely you know keep an eye on it to the best of my ability, and I'll definitely be on here to talk about it. And I surely got to have you because you know, especially because you've you know you you've watched wrestling for so long. And the whole thing with Jared is you know your your opinion strongly matters on this show. At some point, you're going to see like him, Dustin Rhodes, Arn Anderson. And Arn Anderson's son, or Brian Pillman Jr., some combination of that will make like a new four horseman at AEW. I'm calling it right now. All right. Well, you know what? Just Shoot to clarify, my shot. say it one more. Say it one more time, loud and clear. And everybody, you might want to listen to this. At some point in the next year, there will be a new four horseman in AEW. It'll be Jeff Jarrett. It'll be Brock Anderson. It'll be Brian Pillman Jr. And I think then you'll have. Maybe one other one guy, young guy, and then you have Dustin Rhodes and Arn Andersons as their um, their coaches or whatever. All right. Well, it has been noted, my friend. So now let's move on to Chris Jericho's surprise opponent, and we all know who that turned out to be. And man, oh man, oh man, did this make an impact! And, and not only did this make an impact, it made something a little more clear involving what happened back at the media scrum involving CM Punk. Does, I mean, you, everyone has to know this is Tony Khan. This is the Bucks. This is Kenny. This is all of ADW saying, fuck you, CM Punk. You're gone. Bye-bye. See you later. Fuck off. 
Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. Why else? Why else would it be Colt Cabana? I mean, did, did, when he came out, is there anyone who was like, oh, shit, the Dark Order guy's got a new outfit. He's going to beat Jericho. This is strictly to say, to say, fuck you, punk. And the icing on the cake was Cabana almost killed Jericho in the middle of it. So that was great. I mean, especially the fan. I mean, the fans were chanting, welcome back. And, I mean, this is definitely, I mean, this is not only, to, you know, you know, AEW, to, you know, saying that's the same problem, but this is the fans, you know, also saying, you know, go to hell. Oh, absolutely. The, them saying welcome back was essentially, like I said, all of AEW, you know, if you want to say the AEW universe, you know, as WWE likes to to beat that uh, that shit into the ground, um, that that was a, the, you know, I would say 98 of the AEW fan base telling, you know, CM Punk that he he's done, it's over, goodbye, don't come back. Yeah, and you know, according to, you know, as we know, um, it's been it, it's been almost a year that we had seen Colt Cabana on AEW on AEW programming. You know, he did work a Ring of Honor show back in April, but you know, um, I think you know, he Colt Cabana was under contract for a time, and I think his contract expired. And according to this, you know, from CagesideSeats.com, it said that rumor rumors indicated that Tony Khan was not willing to re-sign Cabana because of the issues with Punk. And remember, Cole Cabana and Punk used to be really good friends, and then until there was that lawsuit or something like that, that lawsuit with the former WWE doctor, you know, this is the whole story with, with CM Punk having that uh, that injury that, as what we're told, all it could have killed him. But, yeah, yeah, the whole thing with Cole Cabana and CM Punk, I mean, this, this probably goes back to, I think, around 2015, 2016. Yeah, it's basically Punk left uh, when he walked out of WWE. He went on uh, Colt Cabana's podcast. Um, they talked a bunch about the doctor um, that told Punk he was fine to wrestle, I guess, when he had, like, staph infection. No, that's and, what it was, yeah. Um, you know, they talked about it, and I guess the doctor, like, sued them for defamation or something. And I'm, I'm trying to pull this off of memory. Uh, sued them for, like, defamation, and then Punk didn't want to help Cabana with it, or Punk didn't want his help, or... It, I mean, it's, it's whatever. Um I mean, again, I, I kind of go back with the, the the Jeff Jarrett thing, you know, and again, me saying this is not if he's in a backstage role, but if they're actually trying to bring in Jeff Jarrett as an active wrestler, who cares? I mean, we'll see, but, you know, but, you know, but go back to Jarrett. I mean, his backstage role and everything, I'm like, yeah, I definitely have no problem with that because Jarrett working backstage in AEW, I, I, I'm sure it could be great, but. Yeah, I think the whole thing with Punk is, yeah, they mentioned it, it was a staph infection. I think it turned out to be like, then it got bad that it, I think it was labeled like, like, a, like a fatty deposit. It's something where, they, where there's all that bacteria built in it. It's like a liquid. But yeah, I, back, I gave your mother a fatty deposit last week. Yeah. But yeah, so there was that issue. And then uh, it, the friendship ended up being bad. And then, you know, back at the media scrum, you know, of course that when, when CM Punk, I, I think, you know, took it to a point where he kind of like, uh, you know, he brought up, he made a job about Cabana, about that Cabana shares a bank account with, with his mom or something like that. Especially because, X, because you know, Excalibur, I think during the match, you know, Excalibur made a reference to uh, Colt as a uh, Marsha Cabana's baby boy, which is kind of, you know, reminds me of the whole Mrs. Foley's baby boy. So, you know, you know for yeah. me, I'm like, so if, if this is that Colt Cabana shares a bank account because he takes care of his mom, like, well, there's nothing wrong with that. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean, we don't know, you know, whether that was something that was actually true or that was just punk, you know, kind of, kind of being a dick about the whole thing. Exactly, because, you know, I, I think in, in that media scrum, punk also went after Hangman Adam Page, something like, uh, like that as well. Yeah, I mean, he, he went after Page because that's where the whole thing started was, uh, you know, when Page was in the ring and gave that promo and. Punk thought he was taking a low shot, and then it went back, and then Punk made the one on page, and back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and man, what a, what a fucking year. <laughs> yeah, and you know, there was actually a recent, uh, there was a report about doing the media scrum, I think involving the CM Punk's dog, I think. I've heard reports that, like, a Punk was a psycho, and... They were worried something was going to happen to Larry, so Kenny like picked Larry up, and or that Larry got his teeth out, or I mean, it, the whole thing has just just been a mess. I mean, I mean uh, yeah, according to like, a week a week or so ago, yeah, so, something said that CM Punk's, CM Punk's dog Larry was reportedly injured during the brawl out. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, I mean. So now I'm kind of like telling myself, well, you know, what else? What else is going to be uncovered about the whole situation? I feel like I feel like more is coming, dude. I feel like <laughs> more is coming, and I'm not talking about CM Punk being fired, possibly being fired. I'm talking about there's going to be more details that'll be uncovered over time. Like we probably oh. haven't seen anything yet. Oh yeah, this is going to be an excellent episode of Dark Side of the Ring one day, without a doubt. Oh, <laughs> and then you know when that happens, we'll be here to talk about it. We'll be guests this time, dude. <laughs> You're gonna be famous. Oh yeah. So um, so the match. So you mentioned about uh, th- those a, a part of the match where Cabana and Chris Jericho something, something kind of went wrong. Yeah, I guess um, Colt was getting them up for the uh, Chicago Skyline, and just I don't know if he couldn't handle the weight or if Jericho shifted wrong. Uh, but he, if it wasn't for Garcia being kind of where he was on the outside, um. They, they would have crashed into the floor. I mean, you can, you can, you can look it up. Um, <laughs> I'm going to get so much hate for this. If we have any AEW stands listening, there's actually a hilarious uh, Twitter account called AEW botches. Um, they also have WWE botches. So don't think it's that it's just the name, but um, they actually have a, uh, a, a pretty good video of it. And if Daniel Garcia wouldn't have been on point catching it, it's a, it's a good chance. Jericho gets dropped right on his head. Man. You know, I, I, you know, in, in this business, you know, botches do happen. They do happen. And, you know, like, this is why I, it, when all these non-wrestling fans talk about these botches, you know, that's what I'm determined to ask them. Do you want to call pro wrestling, a, pro wrestling a joke again? Do you really want to see what these athletes go to just to entertain a crowd? What they risk? And then they're no, all like, no, they're that- like, oh, I didn't know. I didn't think it was that bad. I'm like, step in the ring. You'll see, you, you, you'll see what it's like. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's, you know, I'm not out there saying I could do it better or anything like that. I just, I mean, I, I'm, I don't care who it is. That kind of stuff happens and no one gets seriously hurt. I'm on the left. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think, you, and, you know, honestly, I don't recall. Is Coca, I mean, I don't know so much about Ring of Honor, but Cole Cabana is a Ring of Honor world champion. I know he's a, he's, I know he's a former ta- Ring of Honor tag champion. I don't believe he was the world champion, just tag. And I actually think it may have been with um, CM Punk, actually, funny enough, in the Second City Saints. But when, um, yeah, it was with Punk twice. But when um, 
Jericho made the challenge. He said it could be any former ROH champion, not necessarily a world champion, because he even mentions um, the you know wrestling the women's champion or or a tag champion, etc. So, funny note about Ring of Honor: I am actually going to Final Battle in December on the 11th. Awesome. Or the 10th. I'm sorry, it's on the 10th. It's in yeah, uh, Arlington. Yeah. He's a former Ring. He's a two-time Ring of Honor tag team champion, and he won it both times with CM Punk. Yeah, you need to go with me to ROH in December. Uh, I gotta go to I gotta go to as many rest, uh, wrestling shows as I can. You know, I got one on Saturday. You know, Pele Pro Wrestling. I had the owner and promoter on last week and like that. So you know, I want to go to as much pro wrestling shows as I can because you know, pro wrestling is a is you know like I've said on the show is a huge part of my life. And you know, and you know, and friend, and when, when your friends, you know, when friends bond over a, a love of wrestling, I mean, it, it's something huge. I mean. The, the example of what we got going on right here, you know, basically justifiably solidifies it. Oh, absolutely. And don't forget, you can go to Pele Pro, that's P-A-L-E-P-R-O.com, in order to get your tickets for that show this weekend, Justified. Yeah. For, free shout out to our boys at, at Pele Pro. Mm-hmm. Alex Hammerstone's going to appear. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. So, last thing I want to... Talk about before I let you go because I know you gotta go, you gotta get to work in the morning. So it seems you know Tony Storm and Jamie Hader is happening at the upcoming AEW pay per view, and we and we saw uh, the promo video package. Man, Jamie Hader may be the best women's wrestler in AEW that no one knows about, or no one gives as much of. I don't think she has the notoriety, or maybe the the name value of like a Britt Baker or a Thunder Rosa or Tony Storm, but man, like she's got the look, she's great in the ring. I I'm extremely excited to see what, what ho, ho Jesus, what her and Tony Storm do um, at the pay-per-view. I wonder how it's going to play out. I mean, how does that set up with Thunder Rosa coming back from injury? Hopefully soon we're wishing her a speedy recovery, but I am uh, extremely excited to see what, uh, what Hater and uh, Tony Storm are going to bring. Absolutely. You know, I'll be honest with you. Jamie Hayter, I absolutely admire her. And I've said, and I'll forget it, when I said that on the show a couple couple of months ago when we had Carson on, you know, when I saw Jamie Hayter for the first time on one of the few opening episodes of of AEW Dynamite, she worked a match, her first match, I believe, in AEW, she worked with uh, Britt Baker. And, you know, when I saw how amazing Jamie Hayter was in the ring, you know, I I started looking at her name. You know, she had worked, she was working in Japan on the British independent circuit. And I was like literally on YouTube. I wanted to see, you know, as, as much footage of, of, of her matches as I can. And I'm telling you, Jamie Hayter is just absolutely unbelievable. I mean, t- Jamie Hayter, Tony Storm and Thunder Rosa are probably like three of the most, you know, th- three of the uh, female wrestlers I admire a lot. I do admire Britt Baker. Don't get me wrong, but you know, I'm telling you, the talents like Jamie Hayter, Tony Storm, Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker. I mean, it just it just shows you how amazing women's professional wrestling is. And to me, it's just as important as men's professional wrestling. In other words, women's professional wrestling matters too. It matters to me personally and professionally. Oh, I, I completely agree. Um, they their their women's roster is extremely talented, but it's just the, it just it's booked horribly. I mean, yeah. it's too much stuff going on. And then, like, I'm sorry, all, all the women you have on your roster and you put Mina Shafir on TV tonight? 
And they have that story. They don't have that story that you know Nyla Rose stole the title from Jade Cargill. There's that going on. So now I'm asking myself: So Jade Cargill is on her way of, of turning into a babyface? Jade Cargill is a prodigy. Like I, I get, I get. You got to protect Jade, and that's fine. But I, I want to. I don't want to see Nyla Rose in some storyline where she's stealing belts. I want to see her doing what she does best, which is quote breaking inches in half. Um, they need to portray her back as that monster, and yes. she's not out trying to steal titles. She's just straight running through people. Um, Mina Shafir does not belong on TV. Apparently, we don't know her, but we created her, and when you hear the violins, it's time for violence or what worst. Oh my god, she could take promo classes from the Ultimate Warrior. Um, but I, I don't want to see that. You know, you we talk about this women's roster. You have these great women let them feature, man. Give me Jade Cargill and Nyla Rose in a like a best of seven, or best of three series. Give me a regular match, a street fight, and a cage match. You know, like, let them go out there and beat the hell out of each other. That's what they're wanting to do. Um, and then let me get, you know, Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, and Tony Storm in a three-way. Let's do a submission match or something. It's these short matches, the build-ups always scattered. I just, I, I hate, I love the women on the roster. I think they've got some great women. I just hate the way it's booked. I hate it. You know, I'm, I'm, yeah, same same here. I mean, but again, it's been said so many times. I mean, what, what, what happens when you sign talent after talent and you badly overload that roster and then, you know, and, and you know that fans are going to give you a hell of a backlash if you're signing a lot of popular names and you're, and you're not using them correctly or not even using them at all. Yeah, uh, no, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, yeah, why, I want to you know, see like, I want to like, see Nyla Rose be that indestructible ass kicking machine. Yeah, it's like being a you're a chef. You're in a kitchen. You have all these great, you know, ingredients and all these you know gourmet foods, and you're just eating like bologna sandwiches and shit every night. Exactly. Yeah. So so anyway, because I know we we definitely got way off topic, you know, going away from the Tony Storm Jamie Hader thingy, and that's probably my fault, but but you know, Jamie Hader and Tony Storm are, are two female professional wrestlers that I have a lot of respect for, a lot of admiration. I you know I've I've watched their matches in Japan, the matches in Japan for Tony Storm and NXT UK as well. You know, I basically what I'm what I'm trying to say is I've done my research and I've done a lot of studying on Tony Storm and Jamie Hader. Same thing with Rosa and Britt Baker. I mean. I'm basically I take women's professional wrestling very very seriously, not only from a perspective as a wrestling fan, but as a sports writer as well to see how important it is because women's professional wrestling gives stories, like it gives us things to talk about, like we are doing here. And and I'm telling you, I, I've told you this before. Like I've been laughed at for supporting women's wrestling. People just say you just like seeing pretty women fight. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm like, well, you know what? You just made a joke out of women's professional wrestling. So that's what I get to people. You should be ashamed of yourself. No. It's all about the, uh, the storytelling. Yeah. The women, uh, if you if you give women, the women female wrestlers a chance to main event, they will do a good job. Especially these talents that we're talking about, like Tony Storm, Hater, Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker. You give them that chance, they will deliver. I mean, when Britt Baker did that match and when she bled, that T-shirt, dude. That T-shirt sold off the freaking shelves, man. I'm pretty sure it's still selling today. <laughs> Another thing, uh, kind of on the win column for Dynamite tonight, uh, Shibata, man. Shibata and Orange Cassidy for the All Night title on Rampage. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's actually I think a reason to tune in and watch. Believe it or not. I mean, they finally put a belt on Orange Cassidy. You know, fans have been wanting this for a long time. 
I mean, for me, if whether it was the TNT title or the All-American title, just put the belt on Orange Cassidy. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I would I would love for him to drop the slacker gimmick and just go out there and just be an ass kicker, but I get it. It's over. People love it. So yeah, I think him and Shibata are going to be good. Yeah, totally. Well, I think we've covered all the bases today. Anything else you want to add on my friend? Um, you know, Moxley looked good. Another title defense. Um, I think of the thing with MJF, MJF is actually going to, I mean, is there anyone who believes MJF's actually turning babyface? The firm is going to help him beat Moxley for the title. Um, MJF, a babyface. Right. Um, you know, I like seeing uh, Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, get a little bit of revenge on Luchasaurus. Uh, great celebration with the acclaimed for Daddy Ass's birthday. It's still a damn shame that FTR is not featured more and that they are not going after the titles because now they have to be in a feud with the Ass Boys for some fucking reason. And then the end, man, um, Samoa Joe and Brian Cage now beat the hell out of each other. I like how uh, Powerhouse Hobbs is getting involved. Him and Wardlow, I think, are going to have some, uh, as my boy Biggie, Biggie Langston would say, some matches with some big sweaty men slapping meat. So uh, I'm excited, dude. I think it's, uh, it's going to be good. I'm excited for the ROH pay-per-view and ready to watch that Shibata, Shibata, Jesus, Shibata Cassidy match. Apparently I need <laughs> breakfast. Uh, Shibata Cassidy match on Friday, man. And uh, look forward to t- uh, talking to you some more about it. And then, uh, you know, hopefully meeting up next week and uh, talking about Crown Jewel a little bit. Absolutely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to remind you that Ringside Chaos is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. And believe me, folks, if you love professional wrestling, if you know somebody that absolutely adores professional wrestling, Ringside Chaos is the show for you. So please, please, please subscribe. I assure you, you will not be disappointed. Ringside Chaos is the pro wrestling podcast for all passionate pro wrestling fans out there. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a guarantee. David, thank you again for coming on. I cannot wait to have you on again soon. I appreciate it. Feel free to follow me on Twitter. It's underscore all underscore taken. Um, Until then, love, peace, and hair grease. See you all at the next one. Thank you all very much, everybody. Y'all have a good night.